Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The last time I manipulated the pale matter, all I encountered was a certain level of pliability that, with a certain amount of effort, could be utilized by my power. But that's not what I ran into when I created the small opening between the storage room and the lab. While I'd only been in contact with the stuff for a few seconds or so, I got a hell of a lot more than just some hard-earned plasticity. It was like I was staring directly into the white woods, the whirring foliage and buzzing trees framed beneath a pale white light, banality and sterility forming an almost tangible atmosphere. I was at the foot of a tall embankment, white spruce trees covering it like swaying clots of mold. At the top of the hill, the trees parted like a line of soldiers making room for a commanding officer. And in that opening, there stood a figure, vaguely feminine in outline, a stark white tiara hovering atop her mane of white, blowing hair. She was framed by something that looked both like a moon and a massive white clock face. The clock had only one hand, and it was almost upon the twelve, only a few minutes to spare. The figure just stared at me, its unseen gaze fell cold and nearly palpable upon my face, and a ticking sound rose up all around me. Strange shapes crept from the white undergrowth and floated up beside the pale woman, everyone I'd ever iced with the revolvers. Their eyes were chips of cold light, their smiles filled with gears and cogs. All they said to me before I snapped out of it was... Send more. 
Romy'd been in the cockpit of the neuroregulator for all of ten minutes before she started to shake, her face contorting into a painful grimace. Uh, is she supposed to rattle around like that when she's doing her dream stuff? No, I don't think so. Wait here, I'm gonna get her out of that thing. Before I'd taken my second step, Romy opened her eyes. Her expression just... Sadness piled atop sadness. And somewhere beneath it all, rage. When she got out of the pod, she closed her eyes and put her hands to her temples and screamed. <coughs> Face red, neck bulging with blood vessels, eyes like blue explosions. I could feel her anger almost as much as I could hear it. It traveled the roads and bridges that connected us. One sole solitary pain existing across two separate bodies. My reaction was instinctual, primal. It was a cry for war as much as it was a cry from pain. My revolvers were out before I even knew what to do with them. The two Hanyuma guarding the door were inside in a flash. You there? Get down from the machine immediately, or we'll fire. Romy drew all the consortium goons' attention, allowing me to instantly draw a bead on them. But the light of Romy's eyes was faster by a mile. You fucking bastards! My sister's burning blue gaze seared across the Hanuma, their high-tech armor spasming like living flesh at its blazing touch. I was frozen, transfixed. I'd never, ever seen my sister like this before. Berserk. Trying desperately to free themselves from my sister's stare, the Hanyuma fired their guns wildly, alien rounds exploding across the room. Romy didn't flinch, only drawing her Balik and sending it slicing into the flailing duo. You're all in on it, aren't you? Aren't you? How's this for controlled trauma? Does it feel good? Does it? Uh, no, human. We'll take our lives. Kill her. You should have known better, Hanyama. I'm not human. The creature's armored suit seemed to liquefy beneath the sapphire onslaught of Romy's eyes, taking on various shapes, animals, monsters, I had to assume she was somehow filling the metal itself with shapes from the Hanyuma's nightmares, ripping them right out of their heads. Jesus, man! Get her to stop! She's gonna call down every shit bird in the place! I, I, I don't think I can. Romy was hovering in the air, debris twisting around her like she was the eye of a blue tornado. The Hanyuma were unrecognizable, 
just bleeding, writhing, liquid metal shapes splashed across the floor. Lowering herself closer to them, her eye light pulsed, causing the twisting metal armor to leap off from their inhuman wares, giving us our first clear view of the Hanuma. Massive things filled with thick corded muscle and blue skin so pale it was almost white. Their faces were like regal beasts, mouths filled with spiked teeth, high brows and cheekbones, above which loomed eyes of exploding white light. Whatever they were, especially when the silentage wasn't putting the kibosh on their powers, they were nothing more than Romy's victims now. How does it feel to be powerless? To be at the whim of monstrous powers? To suffer? Holy shit! She's cutting them to pieces! Romy, my sister, killed them. Her Balak slicing them into quivering pieces. She just hovered in the ensuing silence, eyes like fire. And then, within seconds, the silentage's alarm blazed. Romy, what? Well, what's happened to you? Sheathing her Balak and floating back down to earth, her expression turned back to sadness. Romy, can you hear me? Talk to me. What's wrong? Look, you two. We gotta get out of here. All hell's about to break loose. We were just their guinea pigs. The whole time. They made us suffer. They needed us to suffer. She looked away as she spoke to me, her eyes fixed on some distant location. But as much as I wanted to sort through things, Shane was right. This wasn't the time for anything but running. I looked to the door, expecting another set of guards to come bursting in, guns ablazing, but there was no door, just a wall where the door used to be, like it had never been. As I puzzled over what I saw, or didn't see, I watched the bodies of the dead Hanima, along with every trace of them, armor, blood, weapons, disappear through holes that opened up in the floor. When all the evidence was gone, the holes closed, the room showing no signs of a battle. I hadn't even registered the fact that the alarm had stopped. Whoa, what the hell? What, what's going on? You, you saw that, right? I ain't just seeing things. Nope, I saw it too. Looks like the silentage is covering for us. Looking back towards the hole in the wall we'd all squeezed through, there was now a hallway. A stark white passage out. Huh. Would you look at that? We got ourselves an exit. Mighty kind of the place. But, uh... She gonna be okay? Romy hadn't moved. Her eyes wide and sad. Staring into nothing. I was shaking. For the first time since I was a kid. I was shaking. I could feel the enormity of her sadness. Her fear. Her horror. She knew. She knew what it was all about. I could feel it. And all I wanted her to do was not tell me. Romy, can you hear me? We need to go. Go? Go where? 
You were right. We should have left a long time ago. Romy turned towards the new hallway and started walking. Shane and I just followed along. I could feel the end of all things crowding around us, breathing all the air, sharpening its knife. The hallway led back to me and Romy's room, and once we were inside, it just closed up and disappeared, leaving everything the way it always looked. Not long after we'd taken a seat in the little sitting room that connected our two bedrooms, all of us silent and thoughtful, the door sounded. Turning on the camera, I could see a bunch of armored Hanyuma. <laughs> they uh, likely wanted to know what happened to the lab and their fellow guards. I just looked at Shane and nodded towards the bedroom. He knew the routine, pulling his guns and making for the shadows of the adjoining room. I doubted the Hanyuma were here to make trouble, just to question us. But if I was wrong, a hidden gunman would come in handy. Well, howdy, fellas. What can I do for you? We've been ordered by Lord Black to escort you and the other Agent Stroud to a secure location. We have a situation. What kind of situation? We're not at liberty to say. We've only been ordered to escort you. I assumed the escort was more of an effort to get everyone into one place, to limit variables, while the consortium tried to figure things out. If I hadn't known that I could likely get us out of any room they put us in, and that the silentage was on our side, I might have put up more of a stink. But with Romy the way she was, it was best not to kick up any dust. At least not yet. Sure thing. Although, don't you think it's a little odd to have one security team securing the transport of another? I mean, you sure you boys wouldn't rather we just join up with you? Help you work the problem? Whatever this, um, situation is? I was just spitballing, trying to figure if I should call Shane out of hiding. A loose cannon could do well, but, uh, on the other hand, they'd suspect him once they realized he was nowhere to be found. We don't need your help. We will have the silentage entirely secure shortly. Suit yourself, but, uh, we got a plus one. He's in the john. Just give him a sec. I nodded slightly in the direction of the bedroom, and in a few seconds, the toilet flushed in the adjoining bathroom. Shane appeared a few moments after. Well, hey there. What's doing, folks? We got some kind of situation, I guess. These fine fellas here are just escorting us to better accommodations while they straighten things out. Well, sure. But, uh, anything we can do to help? Sort of why we're here, ain't it? No dice. I guess they're all full up on help. If you all come with us, then. Romy was silent, looking up at the Hanyuma where she sat in the big stuffed armchair. Her eyes were venom. That means you too. When she didn't respond to the Hanyuma, I shot a look at Shane, letting him know to be ready for anything. My hands went loose and ready. I could practically feel the revolvers against my palms. 
Are you deaf? I said come with us. The moment stretched close to the breaking point, and I was about to take a step back, putting the rest of the Hanyuma in firing range. But then Romy rose to her feet, her lips turned up into a smile by the time she was fully upright. Her eyes never lost their edge, though. She looked dangerous. The Hanyuma even took a step back. I'm so sorry, I was lost in thought. Why, of course I'll come with you. Please, lead the way. As it turned out, the secure location was the presentation room, where Mesmer would address the entire project, being that it was about the size of a gymnasium. And that's exactly who was packed in there, every last person under Mesmer's command. There was also a fairly sizable contingent of Hanuma spread out to every corner. Set slightly apart from the mob of rank and file were the brass, Mesmer, flanked by Illinul, Dr. Haskell, and the three lieutenants. As usual, Devlin seemed to be doing all the talking, while the other two stood off to the side, looking menacing. Making a beeline, we joined up with the Brain Trust, as Devlin grilled Mesmer and Haskell. And you've never had an event like this happen before. Not in all the years you've been stationed here. I have all the personal logs stored on the primary database, and they go all the way back to the discovery of the Silentage, shortly after the Great Darkness. There's nothing, absolutely nothing, in a single one of them that regards the disappearance of personnel, let alone entire rooms. But of course, you can see why this all seems a bit suspicious, can't you, Dr. Mesmer? That your prized subject should come up missing, along with the guards installed to look over him, very, very shortly after we ask to have him transferred to our custody. I can't help but be somewhat offended by your insinuation, Mr. Devlin. We came to you in good faith for assistance, offering up all our classified research for the Consortium's review, making every effort to accommodate your needs up to and including the surrender of this station. A station that had been thoroughly compromised well before we arrived. Compromised, Dr. Mesmer, by a walk of monster that enjoyed unprecedented access to your entire project, and for quite some time. While I understand your indignation, it is we who have made every effort to accommodate you. Even after your gross negligence concerning the screening of your personnel. Very well, but that's an entirely different matter. Suggesting that I or my staff had anything to do with any of this is beyond the pale. We asked for your assistance. I even sent word to my higher-ups, commenting on the seamlessness of our successful negotiations. Come, Dr. Mesmer. If you are so inclined to agree to the terms, why have you needed so much time to arrive at a decision? Quite frankly, Mr. Devlin, I had to assess the needs of the program, and I couldn't see, cannot see, the benefit of removing Mr. Pills from the Silentage. 
He's proven absolutely essential to the work being done here. While I'd rather not discuss the matter unofficially, given your accusations, I will tell you this. I had every intention of accepting the terms. I was merely drafting a slight amendment to the arrangement, whereby we would delay the transfer of Mr. Pills just long enough for us to perform some final evaluations. Very well, Doctor. Whatever you say. But I can see that your security experts have arrived, and I would be interested to talk with them. We're always happy to answer questions, Mr. Devlin. What can we do to help? I'm so glad to hear that. Perhaps we can begin with your whereabouts during the events in question. I'm afraid you got me at a disadvantage, Mr. Devlin. We weren't told the specifics of the event, only that there was one. Now, that's not what I would have expected from such celebrated agents. If anyone would know anything about this, I assumed it would be one of you. Hard to get a beat on things while you're uh, locked in your room. None of you were locked in your rooms while that creature was traipsing about, were you? With all due respect, one thing isn't the other, and we still don't know what's going on. Yes, I suppose you're right. Are very convenient for you. As to what's going on, it seems we've misplaced a few things. Specifically, two of our men, the Cellar King himself, and the entire laboratory in which he was situated. I had to wonder if the silentage just removed the lab doors, or if it had somehow displaced the entire room which I suppose was a distinct possibility. Before I could say anything, Devlin looked past me, irritated, to where Romy was drilling him with her eyes, a great big smile on her face. Agent Rosemary Stroud, from what I understand, you and Mr. Pills are both hypnopaths, yes. I think they call him a hypnopath because they don't know what else to call him. I believe before he came here, they thought he was an exopath. But who knows, maybe it's all just a case of potato-potato. <laughs> you know what I mean, sir? Romy's eyes were wild as she spoke, menacing. I was at a loss for how to handle the situation. The only thing I really knew for sure was whatever Romy had seen inside Pills's head had bothered her. Maybe more than bothered her. I'm not sure you're taking the situation very seriously, Agent. In fact... My god, what, what is that, an earthquake? That, or something gigantic coming straight for us. Everybody, take cover. was like an avalanche of sound that tumbled straight out of the sky above the silentage, but it was nothing compared to the demonic words that followed. Nasul, I Batna have come. At long last, you are. 
The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Kelly Bear and Mark Anzalone. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld, and sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone. Be sure to check us out at www.maltopia.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. If you want unique art and animations of Maltopia's stories, visit our YouTube page or click on the link in the show notes. If you're a fan and want to help the show grow, be sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. And for more exclusive content, such as additional lore, stories, and art, be sure to check out our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Maltopia.